Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Attitude Era Live proudly brings to you the podcast heavyweight champions of the world. It is Granny <laughs> Hawkster, the Icon, and the Big Swing, Chris McSwiggin, here with you on Monday night. And like Judy Garland said back in the 19, I don't know when the movie had 40s, I believe it was, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. I am back here on Monday night again with you guys, uh, the voice of this program, the, I guess you could call it the, the heel of this program, is back. Um, did you guys miss me last week? I mean, I, I don't know, were you able to run a coherent show without me? Well, uh, you 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 were missed, but you weren't missed because I had uh, I had uh, two sexy co-hosts uh, that you know I mean you're not my type and uh, they they do look much better than you do you know. Well, true, but I mean, um, were, were you able to actually have a show last week? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like it actually, um, yeah, it went it went well. Okay. It went yeah, well. You know, I'll tell you. I, I gotta tell you guys, I tried to, uh, don't ask me why I did it, but I tried to listen to that joke of a show up in Winnipeg, uh, this, yeah. uh, this weekend, just to kind of see yeah. what, uh, what kind of wheels are turning there, and the show lasted seven seconds. Well, for what it's worth, the host of that show, uh, did make a, a, um, Facebook post saying that it has been a brutal couple of weeks in the podcasting world, uh, and I, I, only thing that came to mind for me is, you know, not not on this side of the fence, you know, we've actually had a very good uh, couple of weeks in podcasting, sure, you know, some 
some you know events when Blog Talk was down and some you know some some things here and there with some technology issues. But for the most part, we run the show. We run the show successfully. So, um, you know, they say success is the best revenge. Well, I guess there you go, Icon, um, for that. But anywho. Uh, yeah, Monday Night Football tonight, Monday Night Raw on tonight. Not that anybody really cares about the latter. Um, well, how, how are you guys? I know you guys, you guys football teams played each other this weekend. Uh, that was about the only excitement there was this weekend. Uh, there was no WWE, no real wrestling action. So, I mean, how are you guys doing otherwise? Well, you know, before we start, though, before we start that, I started meaning to cut you out, Gary, but I do want to wish my fiance a happy birthday Uh-oh. today. It's her birthday today, and uh, we want to make sure we all give a shout out to her on her birthday. Happy birthday! And the only thing really new in our life right now is we're working on trying to buy a house, which would be uh, so we can have our wedding in the backyard. Nice. Now, Icon. Um um, do you do you still live in the complex you were in when I came up there to visit for Barry Madness? Yep. Yep. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, Granny, uh we were we were supposed to I was supposed to go to Icon's house. Um and, and you know that, that that's funny because the the guy who's doing his uh his documentary, um I, I didn't get a chance to uh to, to, to tell him this side of the story here. Uh, but remember how I was saying, you know, I, I hadn't ever met the icon. I had, I had only ever heard of him uh, on the airwaves. Well, you know, you go up there, you meet him, he's got the trench coat, he's got the whole thing, he's got all the chains on, you know. He's, and, and then he's like, you know, like like the second sentence out of his mouth is, hey, man, you should come over to my place. I'll show you all my wrestling stuff. And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to die. You know, like, he's going to kill me. So, so the funny thing was, was that uh, I was like, all right, I agreed. I was like, whatever. And uh, we were pulling into his complex, and some girl was coming the other way. Now, mind you, this was mid, no, this was NCAA tournament, so this was late March, and then we're still having, a, like, like, a blizzard snowstorm. And um, uh, some girl was coming down the other way on the other side and didn't have her headlights on. And Icon turned and slammed right into the side of us and didn't see her. So I didn't get to see Icon's house, uh, but I did get to go through the totaling of his white Chevy Cruze with him. So yeah, that was fun. And uh, oh, wow. you, you didn't get you didn't get uh, you didn't get your Christmas present either. No, no, of course, yeah, because because uh, Icon and uh, I went back to the hotel and Icon and and, and his and his uh, fiance or whatever went back to the uh, went back to the went to the hospital. So yeah. And then was, that night. That night we had to evacuate my apartment because we had a bomb threat. So yeah, yeah, uh, there was just a big cluster left and right. Yeah, and, and the guy that had the bomb threat he decided to slash a whole bunch of tires in the parking lot. Trust me, I would have much rather oh, have my wow. tires slashed than my car totaled. Oh, of course, yeah, that was that was that was a scary experience to say the least. Um, but you know, everybody came out of it relatively unscathed. And fine, so we're we're good. Um, so I can. Uh, what do we got coming on tonight? Well, our first guest we calling in 13 minutes, but we have a blockbuster show. We got a three guest show again tonight. 
Uh, we yeah. have the masked man himself, Chris Marsh. We have nice. uh, the the probably the awesomest roller derby gal in the history of roller derby in the tri-state area here. Juris Putin is going to be here. And we're also going nice. to have the uh, hard rocker, Lindy Gabriel. So uh, she's going to be talking to us, too. Beautiful. Let's so it's going it. to be great. So I'm going to switch over here for a minute. I'm going to go from my phone to the computer. So it's going to kick me off the host here for a minute, but uh, but I'll, I'll sign my back in. Uh, I'm going. I'm swapping. Perfect. Well, uh, I will say this: the uh, the NDSU Bison are still undefeated. Uh, they nice. put a massive beat down on Youngstown State, the Penguins, and oh my uh, God, what a deal that was! How was it a deal? Because it's the it's the worst home loss that Youngstown State has ever suffered. Well, let me let me go ahead and uh, pull up their schedule here. Fifty-six to seventeen. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow. So they only got three games left here: Western Illinois, South Dakota, and 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 Southern Illinois. And here's the deal: if we win all three of those, we will tie the FCS record for most wins at thirty-three. And you know who holds that record? No, who? NDSU. Yeah. We we had won thirty three state games until we got beat by you and I. Because back then I was doing a uh, I was doing a little uh, radio uh, I was doing a little radio call in show back then uh, when I was doing a Bison uh, Weekly update. And uh, uh, I used to like a song called Slated for our loss. And I called in and they played Just You and I. I hate that song. You used to like it until that, uh, until that point. So, so I am back. So, no. can, can you guys hear me? So, uh, yeah, Big Swing, you would have you liked the lingerie gals. Why is that? Uh, because they uh, they all uh, wanted to uh, they all wanted to challenge me to a fight and have Jeff uh, Gardner as a special guest referee. Oh, nice! All right, Granny. Wait, you know, and that's funny. That that match might still happen. Nice, Granny. Do you have like your window cracked open? No, I don't. I'm just uh, in my I car. Can... See, I'm in. My... I'm in my car and I have hands-free driving. I'm uh, no, I don't have my window open at okay. all. 
Oh, all right. Well, I all mean, right. If, if, you're, if, 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 if you're driving, if you're taking it off, no, no, well, no. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Bluetooth. I was just curious. Yeah. I have Bluetooth. If I need to take it off, I can put my speaker on my phone, and it might make it better. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, you're totally fine. Yeah, I'd rather you be uh, safe. I mean, I was just curious because I have headphones on now. I was on my phone before, but I have, like, studio headphones on now. And I can hear everything. Like I can hear every little breath. So that's why it, you know I could tell that it was a little bit, little bit uh, different airwaves coming through. But no, you're totally okay. fine. I, I'd is rather. That, is that better, Yeah, you sound good. Okay, because I just, I just see I can hear it in my car. I just got my phone on speaker, but I can't hear it very loud. I mean, I can turn up the media. No, you 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 could stay on hands. Oh, see now she just got cut off. Yeah, she should just keep it on hands free because you don't want to be doing uh, anything crazy like that. So, hey, we 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 practice safe driving uh, here on on that two day live. So, anyways, like uh, we'll wait for Granny to call back in here, and then we got our first guest coming up. Uh, another pretty loaded show here this evening. Well, you know. Oh, balls out. That's a fumble. Yeah. And uh, I want to uh, thank the Lingerie Fighting Championship gals because uh, uh, I'm looking in my mail right now, and they sent me a real nice little bonus. Um, I got pictures of them to me. And one even put uh, two icons. Can't wait to get your ass in the ring. Uh-oh. Well, I got you. You, you almost have to do it now. I think so, you know. I have exciting I mean, news to share with you guys. What's that? We started a new wrestling federation. Well, we didn't. I didn't start it, but... A new wrestling federation started in Arkansas. Our first Saturday night in Gravit, Arkansas. It's called Arkansas Championship Wrestling. Uh, be ready for our first guest. Should be coming in. Right, emailed me, and they made me. And they announced it at the show. They introduced me at the first show Saturday night. They had me stand up and introduce me. They have made Granny the president of the Arkansas Championship Wrestling Fan Club. And I, there's a picture of me on Facebook of me with a tag team called No New Friends, KLD, and Danny Adams, and I am holding their tag team title belts. And I am going to be responsible for posting information about the event the matches of what I felt like was the match of the night. But, so Granny has a new title. What's that? President. I'm president of the fan club. Wow. That is, uh, that's awesome, actually. That is really, really cool. Our guest can be on, guys. Okay, well, let her just finish with that. Well, uh, 
Uh, they are on, actually. McGrady, we'll have to go to what? Swain, go ahead. Go ahead. Bring them on. Okay. Icon, I'm going to um, bring them on. i got to step aside here for this Cowboy uh, Monday night game, but I'm going to be listening and do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have the biggest masked man in the history of independent wrestling circuit history. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring him out now. He is the one and only... He is Carl, or he is Chris Marks. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Hey, Mr. Marks, how are you today? I'm well. I think we got some business to attend here, too. It's right at the beginning, right? Right. You want to give me that countdown? Yep. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody, this is Chris Mark. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. Awesome. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go uh, around the room, and we'll come back to me and ask, and I'll ask you the tough questions. But if you want to give us a little background about yourself, well, then we'll uh, chat. Sure. Um I was in uh, I was in the military for about 15 years. I started in wrestling uh, in 2005 with Pinnacle Wrestling. Uh, actually, trained under Jack Evans a little bit there. Uh, worked with Buddy Wayne and Tulalip Championship in 06 and 07. Had some military stuff, so I had to step away. I got back into things with uh, JD Mason and Northwest Pro in 2015. I've been at it ever since. Um, just kind of not going down right now and getting matches in and uh, making a name for myself in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, happy early Veterans Day to you, and uh, we well, want to you. thank you for your service. Appreciate that. And uh, for those of you who don't know, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk to this, and we'll go then we'll go around the room here. But uh, as I, you know, the icon made a cool little collector's card for you. And uh, the image that I chose, uh, you're wearing a uh, – you're a big big gentleman, and you like to wear a mask. Uh, And I'm wondering, when you were uh, overseas in the military, did you wear that? Is that why Saddam gave up? (laughs) Uh, If I had ever gotten in the same room with him, you could be damn sure that's why I would have given up. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, your ring attire, the, the 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 thought behind the mask and how that came out. Sure, the training card that got made is actually my old gear. I have a I have a new look that I'm going with now, um, but generally uh, I like to wear darker colors. Just fits my attitude and my uh, my style better. Um, I like the entry robe that I wear. Uh, even though I have new gear now, it's still the same style entry robe. Uh, it's uh, floor length, no sleeves, deep hood. Um, I think it just kind of creates a little intimidation at the beginning of uh, my entrance. It kind of uh, goes into the mind games that I play with my opponent. Um, the mask, as far as that goes, to be frank with you, <clears throat> I spent 15 years serving my country. Now that I'm in the limelight and I'm working in front of crowds. I don't want to be hassled after a show's over with. 
people want to see my face, they can get to know me personally. Awesome. Uh, Chris March is our guest. We have 26 minutes here with uh, Mr. March. So when you're, uh, you know, you mentioned you've been in the, the business for 15 years. You know, I'm sure you've uh, experienced highs and lows, but uh, in your 15 years, have you had a chance to go after and win any titles? Well, like I was saying at the beginning, I've been, uh, I've come and gone a lot because I was in the military for so long. So there'd be occasions for me to train, get some ring time, get in there with some opponents, but then I'd deploy on and off, things like that. So really, I've just been able to be consistent for the last four years. And uh, I have had some opportunities at Gold and Northwest Pro. Uh, I've really been focusing on establishing my name, my style, my gimmick more than I have getting a belt around my waist. But that's coming real soon. You can be sure of that. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask two more questions. And we'll kind of go around the room here. Now, the good news is uh, anybody that's been on this show. Um, uh, that has went for a title after they've been on the show, whether it be uh, two days or two months or two years, they've always won the, the uh, a title. And uh, uh, I have not given this update, and I just recently found out that another guest that we had on recently won. We are in town. Get this. We are now 1,000 and old. Well, it's a good company to keep, then, I suppose. Uh, so, so no pressure, no pressure. So now, when you wrestle, would you consider yourself to be a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you uh, what the crowd decides you're going to be? I'll be honest with you. I don't like to put labels on things like that. I like to go out there and do what's important to me, and if the crowd likes it, then that's fine. Usually, they don't lately because I'm out for myself, but not for what they want me to do or I'm not worried about their concerns anymore. I used to be pretty pretty wholeheartedly, but now it's more about me. So they can make up their mind whether they like me or not. To be honest with you, I don't really care either way. Well, with that being said, uh, it sounds like we may have uh, a potential bad guy on our hands, but uh, Granny, what do you got? Uh, Chris Marks, we got 24 minutes. Well, hello, Chris. I am Granny Holkster. I'm not a wrestler, just a big fan of the sport. And I first want to thank you for your service for the time you were in the military. God bless you for that. Yeah, because let me tell you something about Granny. I don't like the heels. I'd like to talk smack to the heels, and I can do a pretty good job of that. So it sounds like I would have a lot of fun playing with you at a a wrestling show. Because let me throw you an example. Huh? You might have fun, but I don't play games, Granny. Well, you know what? I don't play games either because let me show you an example of what I'm talking about. I had a wrestler come up to me one night and says, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? I grabbed my keys out of my purse and I put them in my fist and doubled up my fist. And I said to that wrestler, I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. And he ran off screaming. And I'm not afraid to, you know, tell a wrestler what I think. But that being said, my question to you is, what has been your most challenging match you've ever had in your career? Uh, well, first of all, i got to say, Granny, it sounds like you got more spine than fans out here in the Pacific Northwest. I'll give you that much. 
as far as challenging matches go, let's see. Uh, I'd say early on when I got back into things, I had a uh, exhibition match, I guess is what you'd call it, against my trainer, J.D. Mason. Uh, I got put through my paces, and I did not come out on top that night. Um, I'll say was awfully concerned about entertaining the fans that night and not what I, uh, whether I came out on top or not. So maybe that was the problem. Maybe we need to have a rematch on that one day. But uh, that guy can throw some chops. He's, uh, he's the real deal in the ring. I'll give him that much. And my other question, um, who uh, who motivated you, or did you have somebody motivate you, or did you have somebody that you looked up to to want to become a wrestler? Uh, I'm kind of glad you asked that. Uh, I'll take a, a, a little bit longer than I normally would to answer this one. Uh, when I was real young, uh, my father got me into wrestling. And uh, there's actually a picture he and I uh, at a wrestling show uh, when uh, Hulk Hogan walked up to me out on the aisleway and shook my hand and stuff when I was real little. And uh, I was pretty inspired early on to get into wrestling. I really enjoyed it my whole life. I pursued it as soon as I was old enough to get into training and stuff like that. Um, so I would say as far as personally, my father has always really inspired me to to get into the business and, and be interested in it. He always uh, uh, catered to my interest in it and took me to shows and things like that. And uh, real early on, he taught me, he, he told me uh, the, the real deal behind the business. It wasn't, uh, you know, all make-believe and, and, uh, and uh, heroes and villains. He really taught me the inside information about the business because he knew people in the business. So at a real young age, I learned that it was more about the show that was happening than anything else. Uh, So he really kind of got me going there. As far as professionally, I've always been really motivated by uh, a lot of the guys that I'm a little bit bigger than, to be honest with you. I I always really enjoyed the work of, like, Mr. Perfect, um, uh, things like that. Um, uh, guys his size, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I don't can't quite do the uh, the acrobatics that those guys could do, but uh, I as ever since I was about seven, I was a big fan of the Big Boss Man, and I can certainly do some of the stuff he does. So, well, I remember the Big Boss Man. I've been a wrestling fan. I mean, I'm 57 years old, and I've been a wrestling fan uh, for a long time, and. I've had my Granny Hulkster gimmick probably for 20-plus years, and I enjoy, I mean, my original Granny shirt says, what you going to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? I started wearing it to these wrestling shows, and the wrestlers call me Granny, their spouses call me Granny, their kids call me Granny. I mean, I, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to stand up and talk smack to a lot of wrestlers that I need to. I try to make it fun for the crowd, too, you know. So, you need to come to Oklahoma or Arkansas to some wrestling shows. And we need to get you down here where I live and get you in some wrestling shows down here so I could have some fun talking smack to you. (laughs) I would welcome the challenge, Granny. That's what I got, Icon. 
All right, uh, Chris Marks is our guest here. we got 18 minutes here left with uh, Chris. Uh, we'll uh, kind of circle over to Big Swing, uh, see if he's uh, available. He's doing double duty tonight. If not, we'll come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tough question. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got? Hey, so uh, I, I had to step aside for a second. Uh, I was doing the Monday Night Football double duty, but um, take us uh, – Take us through your journey here. To, uh, how did you, I, I mean, I know you were in the service for a little bit, um, but how did you decide to become a professional wrestler? Was there a moment when you were a child? Was there a moment when you were in the service? Was there a moment, like, I mean, how did you decide, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Um, this is how I'm, you know, the, the career I'm choosing. And, uh, and, you know, did you have anybody you look up to, idolized, or, or tried to emulate uh, from, you know, from when you were younger as well? Sure. So, like I was saying earlier, uh, I was really inspired by my dad early on. Uh, funny little fact about me, I'm as old as WrestleMania is. I was born the same year WrestleMania 1 happened. So, I've always kind of uh, always kind of thought that was funny. I've always really enjoyed the business. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of people, the longer they're fans of this stuff, the more jaded they can get. And I, I don't feel like I've ever become jaded by it. I can be entertained by it as much now as when I was a kid obviously for different reasons. Um, as far as what inspired me to actually take the step into the business and, and do it for myself, I think that if you're passionate about anything, you should take a step forward and pursue it. Uh, I, I, I felt very passionate about the fact that I could do this stuff um, I, really early on. You know, I, my training in the military was really aggressive. I felt like I was in physically good shape when I started. Um, Unfortunately, back in 05, when I started in Pinnacle, I was, uh, I was a shadow of my current self. I was much smaller than I am now. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I worked on it for about three years before I went through an injury and military time and deployments and stuff. And when I came back in, uh, in uh, 2015, I was much larger than I was originally. So it was almost like starting from scratch, going back to training. Uh, fortunately, I have a fantastic trainer. Like I said, JD is one of the best in the Pacific Northwest if not the United States, as far as training goes, uh, really aggressive training program. He, he makes sure that you understand things, not just the moves you're doing in the ring or, or, uh, you know, how to, how to do them correctly, but why you're doing them and why it matters and, and where to go next or where, how to get there in the first place. Um, he's got a very old school style in the first place, uh, blended with modern technique and modern wrestling. So, uh, Again, I, I got to give him kudos. He's he's uh, he's molded me from uh, something that didn't know what uh, it, it was doing when I came back to uh, somebody that can actually get around in the ring a little bit. Um, uh, also, I just a quick mention. I you know I know I'm, I, we're not on here to to self promote all day or anything like that, but uh, uh, he just opened a training facility here in Tacoma, Washington. Wait, what do you mean? Um, so, Icon you know, self-promotes constantly. That's all Icon does <laughs> well, the, is self-promote. But anyway, well then I don't mind I don't mind taking the time to do it. Uh, like I said, he just opened a training facility it's here in Tacoma. Um, you know, if you want to get into the business and you really want to learn it right and 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 uh, and safely and, and learn how to do it the, the right way, uh, that's the way to go. He's uh, currently doing day rates if you can't afford a monthly rate. If you're a wrestler in the area and you just need time in the ring and and, uh, you know, a place to, to, to hone your craft, uh, you can do a day rate. If you want to learn the business and actually get trained, he does monthly rates as well. Um, and you can 
message him on Facebook or get a hold of me on Facebook, and we'll we'll get you the right information and, and everything like that. But uh, it's a great place to train. I, I can't I can't speak enough uh, positively about it. So. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a message me on Facebook, and I want to get him on the show to talk about. It. I, I I can try to make that happen. Awesome. Uh, we have uh, Chris Marks our guest. We have 14 minutes here with Chris. So now uh, we got the easy questions out of the way. So now I'm going to ask the tough questions. And I'll ask a few other questions first. Uh, with your wrestling style, are you more of a, uh, uh, say, like a high flyer, like a Ray Mysterio? Are you a technical wrestler like a Bret Hart? Or do you have that grunty style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, I like to use the power that I have. I'm, I'm a power guy. I, uh, I'm trying to incorporate a little bit of, uh, of technical in there now too. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's coming slowly, but it's coming. So. And you know, every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver. We want to know what is yours, what it's called, what's involved, and we'll see if uh, one of us would like to volunteer to let you practice it on us. Uh, I like to finish matches with something I call the experience. Uh, it's, uh, uh, pretty popular in the Indies right now, I guess. Uh, uh, AJ Styles does it. It's called the, the Juji Garoshi. Uh, so it's the, uh, fireman's carry into the knee to the back of the head. Uh, well, a big swing could take that. And... The reason why I say that he's not uh, he's not listening to defend himself, so he'll he'll do it. It's funny, big swing always being volunteered, right? Right. Big swing gets volunteered to take on these wrestling moves, you know. But that's but I wanted to point out something really quick, Icon. I noticed he mentioned Tacoma, Washington. My brother right now is currently he has been living in Tacoma, Washington. And he was in the military. He was in the Army for 20-plus years. But he's actually getting ready to move back to Kansas to uh, start his new job in the Kansas City area. But my brother lived in Tacoma for probably, gosh, 20, 25 years at least. Well, tell him to come on out to a Northwest Pro Show before he leaves town so he can see what real wrestling looks like. I mean, you know, he watched wrestling when he was a kid. I don't know if he really is into it as much like what I am and what my husband and my son are. But uh, but getting ready to move uh, December 1st, he'll be closer back to where my mom lives. So that'll be good for her. So, But I thought that was interesting. You mentioned Tacoma. So. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Chris Marks, our guest here. we got 11 minutes here left with Chris. So now, one question I'd like to ask uh, every independent wrestler, and no one ever answers it the same way, so I'm going to put it to you. It's a two-part question. Uh, say that there's a uh, WWE official that uh, is watching one of your matches at a show that you're at, and he, like, uh, calls you up and contacts you and says, uh, you know what, I'll tell you what, we'd love to uh, give you a tryout here. Two-part question: Is that something you want to do? We know that you got the drive to do it. Uh, and the second part of that question is: If you do get that big multi-million-dollar contract, would you not big time us and still talk to us and still be our friend? 
Well, first of all, I don't know if I'd call us friends. Maybe acquaintances, maybe business associates, but I don't know about friends. Second oh, of all, no, I'm hurt. I think <laughs> I think that anybody in this business that says that if they were offered a multi-million dollar contract while they're working smaller shows, getting smaller paydays, working the road like we do, if they say that they wouldn't take a multi-million dollar contract, they're a little silly. We all got in this business for one reason. It's because we love wrestling. The biggest name in the game is WWE. Now, there's other options right now, but that doesn't mean that they're bigger than WWE or they're going to keep going as strong as WWE has as long as they have. So if somebody came to me and offered me a multi-million dollar contract in WWE, you're damn right I would sign it because why the hell not? You only get an opportunity like that once or twice in life, right? Awesome. So, when, uh, uh, you know, uh, when, you, when you're wrestling, uh, uh, how often are you, are you out there? Are you uh, once a weekend, every other week, a couple times a month, a couple times every other month? How uh, often do you uh, try and have that? Well, I'm currently uh, home based at a promotion called Northwest Pro. They're on the Key Peninsula out here in Washington. We run monthly. Um, but I also work with a couple of other companies. Uh, last week on your show, you had Yvonne from Combat Pro. I work with her once every other month, so I'm on her show as well. Um, I'm also working with Reactivate Professional Wrestling out in uh, Richland, Washington. Just came off a big win with them last night. They run uh, bi-monthly as well right now. So uh, lately I've been getting a lot of opportunities, which is great. You know, I, I started back in 2015, and I was getting maybe once a month booking. You know, lately it seems like uh, I've only got one weekend free every month. So uh, there's a lot of places that people can see me if they want to come see my work. Uh, just follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, Twitter, and you'll see all the posters. I, I post all the posters for every show I'm on. So uh, then uh, when is uh, your next match? Who is it again? Uh, where is it at? And uh, are tickets available that uh, you know of? So the next time that people can see me live would be on November 16th. That's with Northwest Pro at the Key Peninsula Civic Center in Vaughan, Washington. Uh, tickets are available at the door. We do take donations as well. Uh, as far as who I'm wrestling, hasn't been announced yet, but I feel bad for whoever it happens to be. Uh, we got Johnny Proof wrestling that night. He's the Northwest Pro champion. I don't know who he's wrestling yet either, but I know he's going to retain. Uh, we've got a couple of guys coming up from Portland, Lucha Libre as well, as a special attraction. So it ought to be a pretty great show. Uh, people should go to Northwest Pro's Facebook page and follow that for more information on that show. Awesome. And do uh, you ever think that if uh, we can uh, get the icon out there, a big swinger grand, you might be able to get us some passes so we can uh, segment you or even maybe uh, watch you ring be like a one-time manager for you and help you win a match or two? I don't know if I need help winning matches, but y'all come up here and we'll get you in front of a, a, a Northwest Pro crowd show you what real wrestling looks like. You know, the other, the other cool thing is, you, have, you know, uh, I was kind of auditioning there at the beginning. If you ever decide that you need your own private ring announcer, I'd love to do that for you. Uh, we, could, uh, we could certainly use some announcing out of here sometimes. We've got a pretty great announcer at Combat Pro. The uh, commissioner likes to do our announcing in Northwest Pro. I'm sure we can find a spot for if he came out this way. 
Did, did you say combat pro wrestling? Yeah, I worked with them. Uh, I know you had Javon on last week. She was uh, she did a pretty good interview with you guys last week. Uh, I worked with her uh, bi-monthly as well. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, not not taking anything away from you, but she, uh, she says I'm her friend, and uh, I guess you and I are just acquaintances. Well, uh, she and I used to be friends, too, but I recently switched over to Team Jeff because i got a brain in my head. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, uh, with... Uh, with uh, with all with all that and all the good stuff uh, that you got coming up and get yourself out there, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and follow you, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's K R I X M A R X. Uh, I'm the only one under that name on Facebook. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, kmarks underscore nwt. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, t1 chris marks nwp. Awesome. And then again, to follow uh, Northwest Pro, you just look up Northwest Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, CPW got their plug last week. Yvonne doesn't need any more help on that route. And then uh, Reactivate Pro Wrestling is on Facebook as well. They can find all their uh, posters for all those shows on Facebook, or they can follow me on Facebook and I repost them all anyway. So, awesome. We got Chris Marks here. We got about uh, three minutes here before we got to wrap this up. But uh, one other question I want to ask you: You know, you mentioned uh, your training. What kind of training regimen do you have? Uh, do you usually train in the morning, at night, in the afternoon, a couple hours a day, a couple hours a week? How often do you do your training? So ideally, so what we like to do was uh, a couple of times a week to, th- to four times a week uh, when we had a routine training facility previously. Um, we've moved around a little bit and had some issues with stability and things like that as far as where the training facility in the ring was. But now that we've got the hardened facility in Tacoma, training is as often as we want it because there's several of us that have access to the place. We work independently. We work together. Uh, as far as new trainees coming in, that's uh, something they'd work out with the trainers. Uh, but uh, as far as me, I like to do athletic training at home a couple of times a week and get in the ring whenever I can. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Chris, we do appreciate uh, you uh, being on with us, and uh, we hope that uh, you can get uh, your trainer on with us. We'd like to uh, you know, give him some time so he could uh, – uh, pitch his, uh, his training facility, and we might uh, be wanting to give him some uh, commercials, too. Hey, so uh, if people go to uh, his Facebook page, again, his name's J.D. Mason. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, he just uh, a week ago had a match against Marty the Moth Martinez. It was a hell of a match. It's all over Facebook. All right. I will, uh, I will check that out. As a matter of fact, uh, it looks like I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at his uh, Facebook page right now. It looks like he's uh, standing next to a guy that looks like Edge. Is that him? Uh, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, we thank you for being on. And I know that uh, you got a busy schedule ahead today. So uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again. All right, great. It was good talking to you guys. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. 
All right. Chris Marks, ladies and gentlemen, the masked man himself. And he is one big boy, too, man. I, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't mess with him, that's for certain. But, uh, yeah. So our next guest uh, should be coming on soon here. Uh, Juris Prudence uh, should be be telling us all about roller derby. And, uh, I, I, you know, uh, we, we we do have a diverse show for those of you who don't know. Uh, you know, we've talked about this many times before. I'm just still in time right now. Uh, you know, we used to come on the show and, uh, you know, we used to bitch about how bad the WWE is. Well, guess what? That has not changed yet. Uh, hopefully, AEW will change that, but I'm not seeing that in the near future. So, uh, it's best to have independent wrestlers and uh, celebrities and whatnot from all walks of life instead of just being a bitch about Monday Night Raw as well. If you guys agree with that statement. Yes, well, and I the didn't... next the next guest is on as well. All right, so if you want to bring them on, I will go ahead and introduce them. I'm going to put them through right now. I'm going to put them through right now. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and rolling down the aisle, she is the hottest skater in the history of roller derby in the tri-state area, whether it be Minnesota, North Dakota, Iowa, all around. You cannot find anybody better than this individual. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jared Prudence. Hi, this is Jared Prudence. You're listening to Attitude Air Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. And uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, what we're going to do here, uh, our basic format is uh, we let you uh, tell a little bit about yourself, and we interview you, and we kind of go around the rooms here. So if you want to give us a little background about uh, the roller derby festival. Okay, well, I started roller derby back in 2010 in Fargo-Moorhead. Um, I skated there for four years, and then I transferred to the North Star Roller Girls down in Minneapolis, and I was there for five years. And uh, are you still currently in the business? I actually retired on April 20th of this year. Now, did you have to retire because of injury, or you just... Uh that uh, had nothing else to prove, and uh, you were tired of beating up everybody. <laughs> I just, um, it's a time commitment, and I just, I needed a break, so I decided it was time after 10 years, so. Any chance of uh, going back and making guest appearances at all? Um, I haven't ruled out that I am done for good, so possibly. And uh, you know, you got uh, a cool, uh, a cool. Uh, we would call it here on, on in wrestling a cool in-ring name. Uh, if you could kind of tell us a little bit about uh, how your name came about, if someone gave it to you, or if uh, you uh, someone gave that to you in high school, how your name came about. Um, well, I guess in high school, everybody, a lot of people called me JP, and I was looking for a name that would allow me to use the same nickname, and I had a friend who came up with the name for me, and jurisprudence is pretty much the philosophy of law, so I guess, in essence, I lay down the law. That's awesome. Now, for those of uh, 
those of our listeners here that uh, are wondering, well, geez, roller derby, what the heck is that? What's involved? You know, if you could kind of go through a little bit and tell us um, what they do about forming teams and what kind of training regimen you guys go through, uh, and then we'll ask you some more stuff. Then we'll go around the room, and then we'll come back to me. Um, okay, well, actually, um, it kind of depends on what league you're through. When I was in Fargo, we didn't really have any training. We just pretty much, they taught us how to skate, and then it was a free-for-all. Um, when I came down to Minneapolis, they actually have a, a fresh meat program, or a satellite, we call it, where you have to go through a boot camp and pass skills before you're allowed to join a team. So it's a little bit more organized down there, but... Um, you have to pass minimum skills through, like, the Women Flat Track Derby Association before you're like, able to skate in a, in a boat. So when you're, uh, when you're going through the, uh, the testing, uh, what exactly are they looking for? Um, and if there, is there, like, one certain skill that they're looking for everybody to have, or does everybody have to have that kind of skill? Yeah, you have to learn how to, like, fall safely. You have to learn how to hip check, hit people the correct way. Um, you have to skate 27 laps in five minutes. Um, you have to do some weaving, some um, hip checks. Um, I'm trying to think of all the skills. There's a lot of – It's there's about, I would say, about 20 skills that you have to pass. And uh... – you're one of the, the few out there that have all those ma- mastered, correctly? No. <laughs> well, there's probably more. I I guess, yeah, I mean, you have to have a master that you have to pass it before you're allowed to skate in a in a boat or have contact with other people. So it's more of a safety thing. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Jaren Cruz here. We have uh, about uh, 25 minutes here left with uh, Jaren. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go around the room, then we'll come back to me. Granny, uh, what do you got for our guests here? we got uh, 25 minutes. Well, I've watched roller derby. I've seen it on TV. I've actually been to some live roller derby events. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm not sure, I'm not sure Granny would want to try that, because I've seen what those roller derby girls can do. I've seen them elbow some people. I've seen, you know... I don't want to make any any of those roller derby girls mad, but I guess my question for you is, what made you decide you wanted to be a roller a roller derby girl? Well, um, it just was new in Fargo, and um, my best friend had a coworker that joined, and we went to watch the practice, and I thought. It was stupid. I thought, this is boring. I didn't want to join. So my best friend joined, and then after the first bout, I went and watched. And I ended up joining that next Tuesday. <laughs> so I guess the game really interests me. I guess the practice wasn't as interesting. But um, I guess being an athlete my whole life, I really wanted to join something. I was 30 when I joined. So something to keep me active awesome. as an adult. That's pretty awesome. Well, like I said, yeah, I I would I I wouldn't I mean health wise my body couldn't my body couldn't take it I mean I might have I might have been brave enough to try that a few years ago when I was a little bit healthier but uh, yeah. <laughs> two knee replacements and a pacemaker no I'm 57 yeah. years old I don't think Granny has no desire to be a roller derby girl <laughs> I had enough 
stars at wrestling shows, so that's monster action, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you really, I mean, if you're going to compete, you really have to be in pretty good health to be able to do that. Yeah, you do. We have well, uh, Jerry Spruce, I guess. We got Jerry here. We got 23 minutes here left. Uh, big swing, what do you got? If, uh, I know you're doing double duty. If you're there, if you can hear me, what do you got for our guest, Jerry Spruce? Yeah, I, I am doing double, but um, yeah, roller derby's a sport. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, up here uh, in New York, uh, at least in upstate New York, anyway. They don't, it, you know, you don't get to see it as often. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually been to a roller derby uh, match, but I've, I've, I've seen them, on, you know, on TV, and I've seen things about them. But uh, I guess, what, um, what brings you to that career path? Like, what, uh, what made you decide that that? And again, if you've already explained this, I missed it. I, I've been in and out of the studio doing Monday Night Football, but what, what brought you to? that like I, I mean to choose that out of you know other sports or other activities uh was there a particular moment when when you decided that that roller derby was the, the way you wanted to go well yeah i i guess um i, I did kind of touch on this a little bit but i you know i was playing softball i've always been an athlete so i was playing softball but i was 30 and i guess when you live in fargo there's not really many opportunities for adults to be active so um, when it came and I watched about, I, I knew instantly that I wanted to join. I've always wanted to join. Um, I tried to join football when I was in high school and they wouldn't let me. So <laughs> I guess I've always been wanting to do a contact sport. And so when it, the opportunity arose, I, I fell in love with it and I committed a lot of time and effort into it. Um, became pretty much my whole life. <laughs> <clears throat> That is awesome. Uh, I don't know if Big Swing has anything else, but uh, if not, we can uh, go ahead and circle back to me. So, you know, with um, with roller derby, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's the there's the roller derby that you do, and there's like you know there's like roller derby like back in the '80s that we used to see on television with uh, gals getting clotheslined over the rail and getting knocked down, drug out, stuff like that. That kind of stuff does not happen anymore, correct? No, it's it's more it's more structured. There's a lot more rules. They're actually they change the rules quite a bit. Like every year, it seems like the rules are being revised um, for safety. Um, I guess I hear that a lot. Everybody that has their idea of roller derby is from the '80s, and um, there's a lot more rules. It's I would say it's less theatrical and maybe more athleticism. I don't something. Um, and we skate on a flat track. Most most leagues do. There are some bank track leagues. Um, I know out in California, but we do flat track around here. And uh, when uh, you said you were uh, in Fargo for five years and Minnesota five years, is that correct? Yeah, like yeah, four and a half and four and a half. Yep. Four and a half, four and a half. Or now, five, five in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Five in Minnesota. Now, when you uh, when you decided to uh, move on from Fargo to uh, uh, Minnesota, did you think that uh, that was uh, that was going to be it, or did you want to? Uh, did you have feelers like from other leagues that uh, you should join us? Uh, did they like try and recruit you, or did you have to go out and search for them? 
Um, no, they, well, I knew I was moving back. I'm, I'm from the Minneapolis area, so I knew I was moving back, and I had some friends on the Minneapolis team. Um, of course, a few teams did reach out to see if I was going to join. Um, there's a team in St. Cloud. Um, I knew a few people from there. Um, but I, I kind of knew um, right away that I wanted to join the North Star Roller Girls or Roller Derby right away just because it just felt like home. So. And I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but uh, there's a uh, there's an Applebee's here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, I believe it's the one on 13th or 45th. Your picture is on the wall. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, I get randomly people will send me text messages when they are at Applebee's and they're sitting next to my picture. <laughs> and uh, how much uh, how much do they have to uh, pay you in um, in talent fees to use your picture on them? Oh, or, or <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, the I didn't. It was. I was free. I don't. I don't even know how. Honestly, I don't even remember how that came about. I don't even know if I knew it was up there till until somebody told me. So I don't even think anybody asked me. <laughs> so, so you're still waiting for the check, then? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Anytime. I I I I think the going rate is like five cents a view or something. I think isn't it? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're uh, you know, you I don't know if you want to answer this or not. I I I'll understand if you don't. But you know, uh, the thing about roller derby is. You're not allowed, you know, it's not allowed to, it's not really allowed any physical contact, correct? There's like not, no, there's no like danger in it, or is there, or could there be? No, there is. I mean, people snap their ankles, concussions, whiplash, um, broken bones all the time. We we can check each other. We just, we can't like, it's kind of like football. You can't lead with your head. You can't hit below the knees. But any there's legal blocking zones in your body, and any if you hit them right there, it's fair game. So as long as you're not hitting their face or below the knees, everything's pretty much fair game. Um, I guess it's evolved a lot. It used to be just hit the crap out of people as hard as you can, to like now it's more controlled where you want to try to stop people like by getting in their way and blocking with your body. Um, so I guess it's become a little bit more safer, I guess, in a way, but I guess I've been through that change and, uh, and it was really, it's really hard to change when you're used to just hitting the crap out of people. <laughs> right. We have uh, Jaris Bruce, our guest here. We got uh, 15 minutes here left with uh, Jaris and, uh, we do appreciate you, uh, joining us. And, uh, for, uh, people that don't know, I probably shouldn't even bring this up, but, uh, 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 Juris is a, a a real good friend of the icon. Uh, I'm assuming, correct? Uh, am I yeah. correct in that statement? Uh, I believe yep. I've known you now for what, uh, twelve years, maybe? Yeah, about probably since 2008. I think that's when we when I met you. Right. Yeah. When uh, you you were a trainer at a certain facility that we will not talk about because you're no longer yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now. There's um, roller derby has uh, different positions uh, and uh, different. Uh, I don't know if you call them flankers, but could you go over the the different positions that uh, that are on a on a standard team and what your position generally was? 
Yeah, sure. So at any given at one time, um, there's five players from your team playing. One of them is called the Jammer. They're wearing a star on their helmet, and they are the ones that are scoring the points. They're the ones that you see making the laps. Um, and then there's four blockers, and they are trying to stop the opposing Jammer from getting through the pack. Um, one of the blockers will have a stripe on their helmet is the pivot, and they're kind of the ones that kind of control usually the, the leader on the track to get everybody in right formation. Um, I started, and when I was in Fargo, I did a lot of jamming, but um, as roller derby has progressed, I, I mostly block now, or I did. And, and, uh, um, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, so basically you're just skating around and you're hitting the other blockers and the jammers so that your jammer can get through. And the jammer gets a point every opposing player that they pass. So that's how the scoring goes. And uh, some of these scores for these contests, uh, they can get uh, – uh, they can uh, get pretty uh, extensive, if I'm not mistaken. Like high scoring? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I mean, it's kind of like football. Like, if you don't have a defense, because you're playing defense and offense all the time, if you have poor defense, I mean, you can always tell, like, if the, if the score is over 100 into the 200s, then that, to me, that tells me that team has no defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> And what would you say is the the biggest uh, score margin uh, that you ever saw when you were roller derbying? I want to say, I think when I was with Fargo once, we played a team, and I think we were in the 300s, and they were in the single digit. And I also want to say that uh, I'll take credit for that because I was an NSO at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And – I don't know if you you were aware of this or not, but back uh, when I was in SO working uh, for the roller derby girls, and I still do when I have uh, when I have time. But uh, back then, I weighed four hundred pounds wearing that pink shirt. Yeah. And now yeah, I weigh one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that I drowned in that pink shirt now. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Right, and uh, there's a there's a rule. Why NSOs wear pink? What is the ruling on that? Why is that? I don't know why they chose pink, but it's just um, to identify who the non-skating officials are. Awesome. Um, and then now, and, uh, NS, yeah, you guys wear pink, and then the um, refs either wear they have to wear black and white. So. And uh, you know, with with that. Uh, I want to kind of go over a little bit of uh, equipment uh, that uh, you use. Did, did, uh, we'll start, like, with your, your skates. Now, was there a certain brand of rollerblade that you uh, that you preferred over the others? Um, I guess I – I mean, I don't – I bought Rydell's. Um, I guess a lot of people bought Rydell's because they're from Minnesota. Um, but – since I've started, there's lots of different skate companies, and I think it's just preference. They all have, like, a certain thing about them. Like, there's antics, which are, like, high tops. It's just I guess it just depends on your skating style and um, what you feel most comfortable with. 
Um, and they range from like no, hundred bucks ahead, to like, sorry. like I've seen people buy skates for over a thousand dollars. So a thousand dollars worth. Now, uh, do they come with the gold wheels too? That's, yeah, a thousand dollars—that's pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, mine are five hundred. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I know you. Uh, you always had some uh, cool skates. Now, the the other thing about the skates. Now, you know, you have the skates. Now, is there? There's also different types of wheels that you can use, isn't there? Yeah, it kind of. Usually, a skater will have between two to eight pairs of um, wheels, um, just because when you go to different venues. Um, depending on the the floor surface will depend on what kind of wheels you'll use cuz some are more sticky and some are more um let you allow you to slide more um so it just kind of depends on where you're skating and uh the wheels are pretty spready too aren't they yeah they can be i think for um probably 80 bucks is probably average but and uh you know, and also real quick here, we have uh, Juris Bruce here. We got about, uh, well, we got about five minutes here left with Juris. Uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, you you're wearing uh, knee pads, correct? And you're yep. wearing elbow pads. And you're wearing helmets. Is there any other padding that you have to wear uh, when you're out there, like chest pads or chest protectors or any other kind of protectors? No, it's just um, what the the minimum is: um, knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, and a mouth guard. Um, some people wore like padded shorts or shin guards. Um, I never opted to wear those, but some people did. Would you say that when you wear when you wear something like that, it kind of takes away it, or kind of just kind of distracting to like when you're what you're trying to do by wearing stuff like that? I mean, I I think so. I'd rather take the chance, I guess. <laughs> now, you did you ever ha- have any uh, like injuries uh, that you uh, that you sustained when you were out there, or were you pretty much injury free? Um, well, I got off pretty good. I had um, a broken rib my first. I think my first season I broke a rib, um, and then my third season I believe I, I got a concussion and whiplash. But besides that, I haven't really had any I don't have any hardware so that's good and uh if I recall that uh when you got that concussion I believe that was because you had a that was a cheap shot if I recall well actually it happened in warm-ups and then I ended up playing still which was a bad decision but after the game I ended up going to the ER and getting in trouble because I played a game well well see the thing is you know with concussions you know and uh, just to let our fans know that we are going to be having a concussion expert uh, on with us in about a month or so, but that's a story for another time. But, you know, the thing is, though, when you have a concussion, you don't really know that you have it until, you know, they tell you you have it. I mean, you know, you you sometimes feel fine, right? You feel like you just, uh, you know, if you rest a little bit, you'll be fine, right? Yeah, I think sometimes, too, like with the adrenaline going, like you don't realize that you're dizzy or you're nauseous or you can't see straight. I think sometimes that if you're excited, like I know I was excited to play, and I don't think I realized how bad it was till I got done playing. And I sat down, and I realized that I didn't feel so good. So, yeah, it's it's 
it, since then, I mean, if they see you hit your head, you they won't let you play. We like we kick girls out of practice now because if you hit your head, you're we make you sit. And uh, you know, you mentioned that you know you retired from Agley. Uh, you know, you you said you you might not be done uh, competing, but do you ever think of maybe uh, uh, becoming starting a team, maybe becoming a coach or a trainer? Um, yeah, my, my, so I technically took a leave of absence for a year. Um, although I had a retirement send off in April, um, I'm still technically part of the Kilmore girls in, in Minneapolis. And they have asked me there, our first game actually is in two weeks from that, the 16th. So I, I'll be going and, um, I'll probably do some sideline coaching while I'm there. Awesome. And, uh, if our fans wanted to, uh, check out uh, those gals and whatnot. Uh, uh, they got a Facebook, they got an Instagram, they got a YouTube, they got a Twitter, they got a Twitch, they got a GoFundMe. How can they uh, get more information on uh, those gals? Um, we do have a website and we have a Facebook page and we have Instagram. It's North Star Roller Derby. Um, we just changed our name from Girls to Derby to be more inclusive. So our, um, we're on all those and we play at uh, the mini or the state fairgrounds at the Lee and War- Rose Warner Coliseum. Um, and we already have our dates set, and those are all online. So, and uh, will you be traveling uh, to uh, uh, Fargo to take on your old team at all? Um, unfortunately, I I know the Kilmore girls. Um, was it the Kilmore girls? I, one of our teams went up and played in Fargo, but um, I know Fargo has lost a lot of players. Um, when I was up there, we were competing pretty. We were competing nationally, and we were holding our own. But I think since then, a lot of um, a lot of key players have left the area, and I think they've lost quite a few play- players. Um, so I don't think our our travel team would play them, but maybe a home team. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I do want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, it's good to be able to talk to you again. And uh, Hey, the next time uh, you're going to be in Fargo, uh, you know, send me a message on Instagram. You know, I'd like to uh, take you out for a, uh, a root beer, and then you can uh, meet my uh, fiance as well. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, hey, watch the cross checks, all right? <laughs> yeah, I will. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jurist Prudence, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, she she is a she is an awesome gal on on and off the uh, the track. So uh, well, we do have another guest her, on uh, Icon as well. We do, uh, and the area code is weirdly enough the same area code six one two. Correct. That's it. Yep. All right. All righty, I'm gonna pop them through. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She definitely has a mic in her hand because she has a voice that can be heard for miles, no matter where she's at and no matter what arena she fills. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Lindy Gabriel. Hello. This is Lindy Gabriel. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. What's up? So, uh, <laughs> well, we have uh, we have Linda Gabriel on here, and uh, we have 
Uh, well, we have about uh, 50 minutes here, if you can stand us for that long. Uh, hopefully you can. Uh, if you want to give us a little, little background about yourself, then we're going to ask, the, ask you some cool questions. All right, cool. Um, I'm Lindy. I sing for the hard rock band Gabriel and the Apocalypse. We're out of Minneapolis. And um, we've been a band for a while, but we've been kind of touring since 2011. And um, I don't know, man, we're we're a really close band, I, really artistic, kind of out there, crazy personalities, and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> awesome. Now, you, uh, as a as a hard rock singer, uh, you know, you, you obviously do the, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to put this in a way that uh, doesn't sound like I don't know what I'm talking about because I sometimes don't. <laughs> but uh, being a being a hard rock singer, you 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 have a uh, would you say a, a cult following? Oh um, yeah, I, I would say we do. You know, and our fans are really loyal, and a lot of our fans have become our really close friends and. Um, I mean, Game of the Apocalypse technically started in, like, 2002, but as I said, I think we really established um, our fan base and basically our niche and who we really are as a band, as, you know, just, like, as an artist, you know, in 2011, that's really when we, I feel, really became Game of the Apocalypse, but, um, you know, wherever we go, you know, people seem to really gravitate toward us, and, you know, they're kind of like a fan for life after that point, and, you know, it's... um one big family, you know. And uh for uh and I'll I'll let you uh pitch how uh uh you know how they can find you a little bit, but uh I gotta let you guys know of all the hard rock singers that I've ever heard or seen, and I'm not just saying it because it's you, but uh you you are you are definitely uh a hundred out of ten, I will say that. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Now, uh, being a you know being a, a you know you're a you're a singer a songwriter you uh, you do basically everything in the music business. What is your favorite thing to do? Do you like making the music? Do you like singing the music? Do you like writing the music? What is your favorite of um, those things that come with it's, it? Yeah, it's really hard to say because I mean I love it all, and there's a different times where. Um, like sometimes I don't feel like writing a song, you know, and I don't want to write a song when I don't feel like writing a song, you know what I mean? So it's like I have to be completely in it 100% and be inspired and, and do that, you know. Um, but, I mean, I just, I really do. I love it all. Um, I like I like touring and meeting new people. I love, um, you know, creating music. I love doing, you know, the music videos and ideas like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I do love it all. It is, it is a lot. It's hard work at times, you know. It's just, you know, there there's a lot to do, you know, um, and a lot to juggle. But, um, you know, I just kind of branched out. I started, like, my own, like, clothing brand. and um, So just kind of expanding that creativity, you know, outlet a bit. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Lindy Gabriel here. We have, uh, well, we have about uh, 44 minutes here with Lindy. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and we'll kind of go around the room here. Uh, now, being a singer-songwriter, you've obviously, uh, and, and, and the head of your group, you've obviously put uh, out a few albums. How many different 
uh, CDs have you put out? Well, um, as I said, we have um, a couple, like two or three that we put out before 2011, but we kind of um, don't really count those because, I mean, we were really trying to find ourselves. I mean, we just, we were trying a lot of different things. And, it you know, once we did New World Disaster in 2011, that's kind of where we like to start the chapter of Game of the Apocalypse. So we have um, New World Disaster, um, you know, and then we have, you know, the Ghost Parade. We have Alpha Bionic, the new one, you know. Um, but, so, you know, we technically, I guess, have five, technically, but so full lengths. And, uh, you know, we got to, you know, we, and I don't know if you can do this. I'll understand if you, if you have to decline, but, uh, you know, we got a big uh, December giveaway show. Do you think uh, you might be willing to send us uh, a few autographed copies uh, that we can do for our giveaways? Oh, yeah, for to... sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And some autograph pictures, too? For sure. Definitely. Awesome. See, I, I, I don't want to sound too needy like the Grinch that stole Christmas here, but, you know, it's just kind of an <laughs> ego thing. You know? <laughs> now, uh, We'll, we'll kind of go around the room here, and then uh, we'll come back to me. I'm going to ask you the hard-hitting questions. But uh, we have uh, Lindy Gabriel here. Granny, uh, I know that you just love the hard rock, so uh, what do you got for us here, <laughs> Lindy Gabriel? Well, you know, Icon, I, you know, Granny listens to all sorts of music. I I don't listen. I mean, I listen to some hard, you know, I've heard some hard rock, you know, but and everybody to their own, you know, kind of music, and, and that's what makes the world go around. I have a lot of friends that are musicians. I mean, I have a lot of friends that play rock. I have a lot of friends that play country. I have a lot of friends that play uh, the old, you know, the new rock, the old rock, the hip-hop, you know, kind of rock and country both, you know. I mean, I, I have friends that play all sorts of kind of music. But what has been, I know, you know, as a songwriter, I know sometimes songwriters you know, they get to a point where they're kind of challenged about what kind of song they want to write or, you know, once they figure out maybe what kind of song they want to write, then they got to sit down and, you know, put the words to it, you know, and I think that can be difficult sometimes. What has been one of your most challenging songs you've ever had to try to write in your career? Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, like Jake, our, one of our guitar players, he does he does a lot of the um, the writing as well. He's he's probably he's like the main writer, and um, and then we'll kind of write together and then bring the other band members in and kind of you know um, top it off that way. But I think on the, this last record, Alpha Bionic, the the hardest song for me was Counting Scars. I literally like tried so many different ways of, of singing it, so many different words in and out and I'm still not like happy with how that chorus turned out I feel like I, sh- I could have maybe changed it again um but everyone else in the band the producer's like no we love it like keep it but it's still like eating at me like I'm like no I, I should have changed it it wasn't you know <laughs> but um yeah so that one was frustrating I was just like I don't know what else to do with it I just don't know and um but as I said everyone else was like cool with it and how it how it ended up and they basically forbidden me to like keep working at it they're like no it's done it's good <laughs> now, 
I know you do the, you know, the hard rock and everything. Is there any other kind of music that you must listen to? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, when people call us a metal band, I'm like, I don't think we're a metal band. I don't listen to a lot of metal music. Um, I actually, um, some of my favorites are, like, Fiona Apple and PJ Harvey. I listen to um, a lot of um, mellower music, I guess. I love Adele. Um, and, you know, of course, I love, like, music like, you know, Nine Inch Nails and Nirvana and, and Hole and, and stuff like that, but, um, I don't know, I mean, I think I, you know, I, I like a variety, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too into, like, heavy metal, really, but. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> awesome. Uh, we have, uh, Lindy Gabriel here with us. We have, uh, well, we have about, uh, well, we have about uh, 39 minutes here with Lindy, uh, if you can stand us for that long. Uh, now, Big <laughs> Swing, uh, he, uh, he, he likes the heavy metal stuff, so uh, uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, Lindy Gabriel? Well, uh, I actually, I got, it, it shows how much you, uh, it, it shows how much you know about me. I'm actually more of a hip-hop guy myself. But oh, holla. I like, but I do like a lot of different kinds of music. In fact, it's funny you mentioned it last week. Um, I did go with a with a friend of mine to a metal concert uh, that was up here in, in New York. Um, it was uh, the, the, I, I mean it was a big long festival, but we only saw the we only saw the last three. Uh, if these names ring a bell to you. Um, New Year's Day, uh, Motionless in White, and In This Moment. Yeah. We're both yeah. We're on the show. So, and okay. I knew in this, I knew in this moment because I've listened to some of them before, and I've heard of New Year's Day, but Motionless I never really did know much about, but they put on a hell of a show. So, um, you know, metal, metal, I, I, I could deal with. I, yeah, I, I don't hate it, but, um, let me, let me ask though, for me, for me, uh. Metal standpoint, um, are you like? Do you do you find it to be kind of easier to write, you know, for for that, or or do you find it to be kind of more difficult because of the style it needs to be? I mean, me personally, because um, I I actually I like to write in different styles, and um, I've I've worked on you know rock projects and. You know, not necessarily hip hop, but you know, popier, popier music. And for me, I feel like it's easier to connect with people and write a pop song, and people will just naturally be attracted to it yeah, and, yeah. and sing it. I, I do think it is harder, like in the rock or harder rock genre, to to attract the mainstream um, in that way. Um, but I mean, we just we like to just write music that we like personally, and um, if people like it, that's awesome. But I guess we've never really tried to like fit in a mold or write a certain way. We just kind of um, always just be ourselves. Um, but I think since you like hip hop, I I think you would like it that um, every every night before uh, Gata goes and, and plays, we we have what we call our Gata dance parties. And we listen to hip hop. Our keyboard player Fiddles is really into hip hop, so we listen to hip hop and pregame and drink our Jägermeister before we hit the stage. The people are always like taken back, like you know, we're all in our makeup, we're all looking 
creepy, and we're here, like, you know, listening to hip-hop and dancing around. So, well, what, if, um, you, if yeah. you had a chance, so, so give, us, give us this then. When you're in your car, jamming out, I, I know you're a songwriter and you're in the business, and, and you've actually made music, but when you're driving in your car, let's say you're on the highway or something, coming home or whatnot, what what are the top three things on your on your Spotify or your your iTunes your Pandora? Like what are you listening to right now? All right, so you're gonna oh, yeah. laugh at me because I I still listen to CDs in my car. The only time I listen to okay, Spotify well, okay. well, is then, on my phone then, when what, I go take what, a shower. But but like right, in so my what car, three CDs um, you're bumping? In my car, I'm listening to Crosses. Um, that's um, Chino from the Deftones. That his other his other project, and that's a, a okay. little bit poppier, a lot of cool beats and synths and stuff in it. Um, I actually have our new record, Alpha Bionic, <laughs> in my rotation. Um, I'm oh, trying right. to think what else I have have in there. Um, let's see here. I've been listening to a lot of IMX. Um, okay. He's another. He's a little bit mellower. A lot of cool, you know, synths and synthesizers, keyboards and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to uh, shiny toy guns. I'm listening to a lot of them. So a lot, a lot of like synthy pop rock kind of stuff I've been listening to, I guess. And do you have a, I guess, an overall um, favorite band? Or a favorite group? I would have to say Nine Inch Nails, honestly. I'd say Nine Inch Nails, yeah. I mean, I've been a fan, I mean, for for a long time, ever since I was, you know, a kid. And um, I don't know. And and just seeing Nine Inch Nails live is like the best live show. Well, as soon as that riff closer comes on, it just gives you goosebumps. You right, know? right, yeah. right. I mean, I think Trent just writes from the heart, man. Like, it's just yeah. there's a there's a lot of depth to that, and that that's what I'm really attracted to is like music that that has a lot of depth to it and sincerity. And I think a lot of like newer music just kind of lacks that, and a lot of this is so cookie cutter and just superficial. And so yeah, I really do admire. Right. I admire a lot of the music in the 90s, especially, that really was, like, passionate and sincere. Hmm. Nice. All right, Icon, I'm, I'm all yeah. good. <laughs> uh, that, that, I don't know if it's whatever, but uh, you guys were breaking uh, when I was talking. I don't know if it was me. It could be no, 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 no. She was, she was crystal clear. And so was I. You're, for whatever reason, you're breaking up right now. You're you're hard to hear. Well, why don't you take the interview? I don't know what he just said. Exactly. Yeah. It's that Fargo, North Dakota, uh, you know, cellular service. That's what it is. Yeah. He's out in the boonies somewhere. And and yeah, I trust me, I've been to Fargo. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> they they have they have two seasons, spring and snowing. <laughs> so yeah. right, I feel yeah. like that's what I'm experiencing right now. I'm like a few hours away from Fargo, so. Right, let's see here. Well, uh, see, I'm up here in New York, and uh, we're supposed to get snow on Thursday. Icon, are you back Man. with us with your uh, shoddy cell service here? Yeah, I'm back. Well, see, the thing is, we have a snowstorm here right now, so that's what's kind of... Oh, of course you do. Great. Uh, of course, <laughs> right, right. Man. See, I live in Arkansas, 
and it's actually been colder here lately. I mean, I we had some snow flurries last week or a couple of days before Halloween, and uh, I, you know. Arkansas has not had bad weather since we had the ice storm in 2009. So I'm kind of afraid Dang. what their nature's got planned for us Arkansas people this year. Right. I'm not. We're going on tour in February, and I'm really worried about from, traveling in that. I'm originally from Kansas, so Granny has seen her share of snowstorms. Yeah. I mean, I lived in <laughs> western Kansas for years when I was a kid. See how tall telephone poles are. Well, it would snow so much out there that you could see maybe three or four inches of the top of the telephone poles, and everything else was buried oh in God. the snow. <laughs> so, what a nightmare! <laughs> yeah, wasn't not wasn't fun at all. So, uh, Lindy Gabriel's our guest here. We got about. Uh, Oh, we got about uh, 30 minutes here left with Lindy. So uh, I kind of want to uh, chat with you about uh, some of your uh, your songs. You know, you mentioned you you have you know five CDs. You know, I put out a CD uh, about five years ago, and it went aluminum, and um, which means it, it only sold two copies. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I like that. So. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious now. Um, of all the, you know, of, of your different, uh, you know, your different albums, what would you say would, is your the top three songs that you want fans uh, to uh, gravitate towards? That people gravitate towards? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I think on the Ghost Parade, a lot of people liked Behind the Sun. Um, because, because it was like so mellow for us. We had never released a song like that before. And, and that's another reason why I really, I really wanted to do the video for it. And that's kind of what we left the ghost parade on was, you know, the video for the behind the sun. And it was also the most sincere and completely raw and open song I've ever like written and released to the world, you know, so open for that. So I think people really appreciate that, and I got so many messages and people just like relating to that song. Um, so that that meant a lot. Um, I would say on the new record, Sonic Bionic, people seem to really like that one. Uh, when we play it live, people are always recording it, commenting on that, you know, releasing videos online about it. Um, I'm trying to think a third one. I think. Like God, that's that's one from New World Disaster, and um, people always like go crazy and want to mosh for that one. So that that one's always like really cool, like to play like later in the set and just kind of go crazy too. And you know, you mentioned uh, uh, there, there's 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 several things I want I want to try and cover, and hopefully we can get all of them. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I want to ask about is. Uh, you know, you know, you mentioned the music video that you did. Uh, when they, when they, uh, when you decided to do a music video, did they approach you and say you should do a video, music video for this, or uh, did you, uh, did you have to go uh, find a production crew? Uh, how did that come about? And how long did it take you to make the video? For Behind the Sun. Yeah. Um. 
That one was um we were I was the one who basically um told the band like hey I really want to do a video for Behind the Sun and for me personally it the ghost the ghost parade was such a personal record for me um that I felt like I needed to make that video to close the chapter on that and just like personally I needed to do it and so the band was like okay cool like go go shoot the video and um we we have like our our guys a video guy that we kind of go to for just about every music video we've had someone else we worked with um before like for our first few music videos but um for the last i would say three years we've been working with um cody hoffman who is just he's so great to work with and that's why we just keep going back to him um and um he just he really sees my vision and he'll just like make it come to life you know so and he's, he's just really easy to work with too so basically I, I think we shot for two or three days for behind the sun and i was like out in the cold that whole time like freezing i mean it was so cold and originally we were supposed to fly out and shoot this in la like on the beach and my flight was canceled because of a snowstorm and so I was like, well, what are we going to do? You know? And so it had snowed here and we're like, let's just shoot it here. So it was a really last minute to do it out in the snow, which it's like the universe works in mysterious ways. I mean, it was perfect. It just, it really suited the song and it, and it really, I think made the motion, you know, that more like visible and, and just having a bigger impact, you know, with how um, just like the scenery, you know, so it, it, it actually worked out for the better. Now, when you when you did the video in the snow, did you give it? Uh, uh, did you do a disclaimer? This is actually white sand; it's not snow. Right. So people were asking. They were like, um, "Did you use green screen?" I'm like, no, that was really me outside, like freezing. For, like I'd have to take breaks and like run into the like car that was running, like and just like warm up, and then run back out and like finish the scene because it was like I don't you know it was really cold like. <laughs> Now, uh, two-part question. Do you have plans on shooting another music video, and uh, how about the icon being an extra if you do? All right. So we shot a video in April, and um, we were supposed to release it in September with a tour announcement, and the tour that we were supposed to do fell through. So we kind of have a, a video that's been done in our back pocket. Um, but in order to kind of keep things moving, we um, – because we'll want to release another video next year, probably around springtime. We just shot another music video last Sunday, actually, that we had a ton of extras. Well, I guess not a ton, but wait, we had a bunch of extras for. So you, you totally missed it because, like, we usually don't need extras, but this was kind of like we did, like, an open call, and then we got a bunch of people, and then I just kind of, like, filtered them out and, and took, you know, who we needed and um, – it went really well. I was I was like worried about getting a bunch of people in a in a small space with a bunch of booze. Like, how's this gonna go? Um, but it went really well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You mentioned you got one that you're probably gonna uh, film. I, I I want you to contact me. I want to be an extra. Whether it's for if you need someone during the shoot to carry your bags or do your laundry, okay. or shine your shoes or something. Okay. I'm there. All right. That that sounds great. And actually, that sounds great. And all, all, all you, all, all I require for payment is maybe a Happy Meal, and uh, I get to keep the toy. And uh, okay, you know, maybe, okay, uh, so you're a cheap date. That's good. Okay. 
There you that go. Sounds good. That's that's what that's why my fiance is marrying <laughs> me because I'm cheap. Anyway, uh, so we got uh, Lindy Gabriel here. We got 25 minutes here uh, with Lindy. Now, I'm kind of curious. Now, you know, you, we talked about the the music videos. Now, um, uh, I'm going to kind of freestyle uh, here and kind of go just a little off track, and I'll come back. I'll I'll, I'll derail the train, then I'll come back. Okay. Now, the, okay. The song that you mentioned that you did your first music video on, the icon, they're doing an uh, a documentary about me and the uh, the icon, and you have a couple songs that I would love to use in my documentary, and I need to get okay. Cool. Which that. ones? Yeah, which ones? The the one that you were just talking about. Uh, Behind the sun. Yes. Which? Oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. What, what's the other one? The, uh, the the one uh, with the music video you just you just shot. Oh, I see. We haven't released whoa, which one it is. We haven't released the song, so I can't I can't well, announce yeah. it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, when it does get released, <laughs> they're uh, they're uh, they're going they're going to be uh, doing the documentary within the next year. So hopefully it'll be released within. I gotcha. Uh, Okay. 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 Oh yeah, it'll definitely they'll definitely be released by like spring. I'm thinking. So. Okay. And the, yeah. the thing is, uh, I knew the name of it. I just had to have you say it because for legality reasons, I need to have you say it. Gotcha. I couldn't say it. Okay. Perfect. I gotcha. All right. Now that now that, the <laughs> one, uh, now that my one track mind is derailed, let's get it back on track. Now, looking at uh you know looking at your pictures and uh your facebook and i'm gonna let you i'll let you pitch that at the end but i'm kind of curious about uh your costumes and, and your outfits that you wear on stage now do you have designers that come to you and ask you to wear them or do you pick out your own stuff uh how does your uh your attire come about oh um, i pick out my own stuff and um especially like I kind of started like working with, I don't just, you know, people that are designers that are kind of underground. Um, I started kind of doing that in the last track of the ghost parade and really kind of, you know, developing our, our image and whatnot. And then for the new record, we really changed it up. And um, with the record alpha bionic, it's, kind of futuristic it's it's about becoming less human and so i wanted a lot of like flesh tones and like clear latex and and stuff like that and so um i went to a company and i just kind of ordered some custom stuff you know clear latex and corsets and stuff and um i just put on a lot of like flesh pantyhose and just you know kind of look gross you know we kind of want to just like look gross like dirty band-aids or something um and uh, yeah, we, we just we kind of do our own thing, our own look, and kind of you know coordinate with one another in the band, and that, that's kind of why we like getting ready together and pre-gaming together because we're we're getting dressed, we're putting on our makeup, we're like, hey, is this cool? What are you wearing? All right, you know. Um, but I, I really think we've kind of found a niche in our in our own look, and uh, when you when you see us, you're like, yeah, that's Gabriel Apocalypse, you know, like. <laughs> Well, you know, the the one outfit, though, that I, I'm kind of curious about is actually it's your uh, profile uh, picture. Uh, that's the, like, the silver uh, corset thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was, it's like a, it's like a clear corset. 
Um, and I yeah, then I have like this beige bodysuit on. I'm trying to think, or is it a white? It's like a white. Um, I think latex or not, like white PVC. Yep. Sometimes, but yeah, yeah. That that picture was taken in New Orleans. Yeah, at the House of Blues. Okay. If I, you know, yeah, and, if I'm thinking you know, correctly, yeah. Is, yeah, there's a there's like you know you're wearing like uh, of course in like a green bra, I do believe. Uh, not that I'm staring at yeah. that, but yeah, uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard not to. But uh, anyway, <laughs> and then, uh, there's like uh, like the, this white thing stretched around uh, your frontal area there. And uh, yeah. what's cool about that? It looks like it's it looks like a hand grabbing something. Just okay. I don't know, I don't know why. I don't and know then why I, I have like this I... shrug, this white and black shrug with like pointed shoulders on. I think I'm wearing that. That's one of my one of my right. favorite pieces I have. I love it. I it was black and I just spray painted it white, and it just like started flaking and it just looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Now uh, we have. Uh, I'm getting a couple uh, uh, inst- uh, instant uh, Yahoo Messenger or Facebook Messenger questions uh, from some of our fans. Would you be willing to answer some of those? Because they, they want to ask you yeah, about sure. Tom Kitsu. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, uh, apparently one of our fans uh, is checking out on Facebook too. And like I say, I'll let you uh, tell us about that at the end. But uh, they're asking about this like uh, red outfit that you're wearing, red and black with. Red- uh, like uh, your shoulders? Uh, I don't know. Man, I don't have my Facebook does. in front of me. Is it something on Facebook or like a music video? I don't even know. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I guess it's, I guess he's looking at you at Facebook. You got black black lipstick, and uh, there's these thing on your shoulders like these little frillies. Hmm. And you got this. You got. Man. This, I guess he's, <laughs> he's describing it. You got this like red around your neck. And your hair is kind of wild. Man, my hair is usually always wild. Like the bigger, the better. Man, I don't, I don't know. I wish, I wish I knew what uh, outfit or photo. I'm not, I'm not sure. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go on because another fan asked about uh, another outfit that uh, you have on your Facebook. It's like, I guess it's like he's asking about like a black leather thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wore a lot of, like, um, patent leather, shiny leather outfits, um, like, for, like, the ghost parade. I don't, but I uh-huh. don't know. Because um, I've been wearing a lot of white lately, so I'm not sure when that would be or what it, what photo. I'm not sure. Well, I have a lot uh, of pictures and outfits I wore, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, apparently the fan is uh, uh, thinking you, you, even though I say you're you're better looking than she is, but he, he, he's kind of comparing you to Tia Carrere, kind of. I don't know who that is. Uh, she was in Wayne's <laughs> World? <laughs> oh, she was the chick saying, oh, okay, no, she's hot. She's hot. I'll take that. I'll take it. Well, I think you're harder than that. One other question, because well, I'm looking you. at the picture now. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, kind of like a headdress thing with spikes. Okay, yeah, that was um, for the Thrill to Kill music video. See, there you go. That See, was like the... Now, mm-hmm. I, I want to tell our fans, if you're going to be descriptive, 
you got to be descriptive like that so she knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was for um, our thrill to kill music video is basically like the villain side. Um, I'm like I'm a huge animal rights activist, and um, the thrill to kill video is um, to bring awareness about animal testing. And so basically, we were doing all these tests on like people that are done on animals in the video. Uh-huh. Um, so that, yeah, that was uh, one of my kind of villain outfit for that video. Well, which is cool. I had that, uh, that crown was like made for me for, in like Ukraine. I had someone make it for me that was in Ukraine. That's awesome. So I think did it's like a, one of a kind. Did you, have to give the, <laughs> did you have to give the disclaimer at the end of the video, no extras were harmed in the making of this video? No, I, I should have because at the end it gets pretty crazy. Like, they all die, and there's blood and foam everywhere, and, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, that uh, that just you know, to prove to our listeners out there, don't get on her bad side. <laughs> You'll regret it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, Lindy Gabriel here. We got about uh, uh, about 15 minutes here before we got to wrap this up. So, uh, tell us uh, – you do you have a tour coming up that you're going to be going on, or uh, any upcoming shows uh, that you can tell us about, uh, and uh, when they are, where they are, what time they are, and uh, how to get tickets? Um, I just actually the tour hasn't been announced yet, so I can't really technically say, but it's going to be announced I think in like a week or two, and it's mainly it, it's kind of like West Coast, and then it goes to like New York area, and then it goes down to Florida and then kind of back up around again through, through New Orleans and then back up to the Midwest. Um, it's, it's a four week tour. Um, that will be in February. The first date is February 12th and it goes until March 14th. Um, and then we have a home show that we do every year. Um, we're doing December 13th, um, in Minneapolis. And then we have a couple dates in January that we should be announcing soon that are going to be in Michigan and Ohio and then hopefully a spring tour. That's kind of where we're at right now. Now, is that that's uh, you mentioned uh, the thirteenth? Is that that's Christmas the thirteenth, right? Xmas the thirteenth. Yeah, Xmas the thirteenth. Yeah, we kind of like started this. This is our third year doing it, um, like a, a Christmas theme, but kind of twisting it. Like the first year we did it was triple X themed. Last year was uh, parade circus themes, and then this year it landed on Friday the thirteenth. So we're like. Man, let's do Friday the thirteenth. Like let's do like a gore, you know, Christmas theme this year. So, um, it's kinda cool. Like a lot of people um really look forward to it. Last year we had people coming in from like Texas and I mean everywhere, like, to see the show. So that was pretty cool, you know. Um, just people that we've been on tour that like us that coming you know, having them here at our home show, you know, kinda it, it's pretty special. And, uh, you know, if uh, I can uh, get down there uh, to see one of your shows in Minneapolis, uh, you think maybe uh, the icon can maybe get a pass or a backstage pass? or For sure, absolutely. Or... Yep, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Awesome. You can hold my water for uh, me. I'll... You can hold my Jägermeister for me. You can hand me the mic when I need it. No. <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you what. I would, if I could, it we, we should work on this, and I'm serious. I'm, I'm putting this out there right now. You let me use a couple right. of songs on my documentary. I will come and be your your rodeo your roadie slave for like 48 hours for like a weekend or something. 
you get your bag, right. get your water. Absolutely. All that stuff. You know, two for songs, sure. 48 hours, 24 hours per song. Okay. You got it. There Absolutely. Go. It's a deal. And, uh, it's a deal. Now, we got speaking it. Speaking of that. And we've already we've already uh, we've already uh, established it. You can send us a few autographed CDs for giveaways, right? We've established that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. Awesome. I'll send I'll send you the address where to send that. We can take care of that later. So, uh, so you got Christmas the thirteenth or Xmas uh, the thirteenth. I, I don't want to mispronounce it, but uh, when someone comes to your show, uh, how uh, how long can they uh, expect uh, uh, you to play uh, and uh, do you uh do you try and uh uh how does your sets go? Like do you like mixing new and old, uh do all the old stuff and then the new stuff or new stuff and the old stuff? What what is your general format on one of your shows? Um, for like our home show, I mean we always have um kind of hand pick, you know, who plays the shows and like the 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 bands that we have playing um this year, I mean it's completely stacked with some of like the best bands, you know. Um, in the Minneapolis music scene. And um, so it's definitely going to be a big event. And we just, we kind of have it pretty equal. I think everyone's playing like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so that, you know, we're going to be playing for about an hour. And um, we we kind of, you know, mix and match. I mean, we still play stuff off of New World Disaster and the Ghost Parade. Obviously, we want to play a lot of the new stuff. We really want to get the new record out there. But, I mean, we're definitely playing like the fans' favorites and, songs that people really want to hear and sometimes we play songs that we rarely play and then we kind of just play them for our home shows you know like like our slower songs that we normally wouldn't play on tour that you know we'll play them for our home show and uh you said that there's going to be a, a lot of bands there so this be like uh like kind of like a uh um there's three other bands there's just three other bands but um it's, yeah, it's not like, you know, we'll just play the show and play for, like, three, four hours. You know what I mean? Like, we have, um, you know, usually, you know, the three or four bands, like, play um, before us. But, yeah, we have three bands before us this time. And um, Sweet Addiction, Nuisance, and Cold Kingdom. And, no, it's going to be it's gonna be great. And it's actually at a, a club that we haven't played for, like, a long time. That used to, used to be the place that we always played. So it's going to be really cool to, um, you know, play that stage again. Now, will you guys be the the last ones on the first one or the middle or or have we'll be the last one? Last yeah, we'll one. be the last one. All right. We go on yeah, right at I eleven remember. o'clock sharp. Eleven o'clock sharp. Awesome, because I, you know, uh, uh, kind of a sidebar here. You know, when I used to do stand up comedy, uh, I always used to be the opening acts. You know, and I used to go on stage. Okay. And say, well, I'll tell you what. When the other guys come out, I want you to make them feel welcome because they've never closed one of my shows before. <laughs> oh man! And, yeah, I mean uh, when we go like. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. What I was saying, like, when, I mean, when we tour, we usually go out with like a bigger band, so we're usually the opening act on something like that, you know. Um. Um. Yeah. So. So I mean, I get. It. I get it. like, you know, when we did Lords of Acid last year, we were like first out of like four bands. I think it was. I mean, it was, it was a big tour package playing really early you know so <laughs> and uh you know let's get let's uh we got about uh well we got about eight minutes here let's uh kind of give a shout out here uh to your bandmates uh uh the the names of your band members and the instruments they play 
All right, they're my best friends. So we got um, Jake LaCour on guitar. We got Joey Connolly on guitar. Um, we have Figgles McGee on keyboards. And we have Zach um, on drums. And um, right now we just kind of have bass players that, like, go on tour with us. So, um, yeah. And that's that. And we're a gang, man. We're a gang. <laughs> Partners in crime yeah, for sure. sure. Now, uh, now you guys, you guys have been together uh, all your career, or uh, did you guys just no, like kind of got together um, one day as friends? And... Jake and I started the band like in 2002, um, and then Figgles joined about 10 years ago, and then Zach joined I think about four years ago, and then Joey joined probably about three years ago. I'm just guessing. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, we're a tight unit. We're really close. We are, like, best friends, and, um, I mean, it's awesome. And uh, now, uh, also, when uh, you you guys are on a tour and on stage, uh, I'm sure you have uh, a heck of a security uh, uh, staff, don't you? We don't. Um, we're, <laughs> there's moments where I'm like, well, maybe I should have security right now. Um, but, no, I mean, we we really like um, hanging out with everybody. And, um, and we do meet and greets now on our bus so people can just, like, come hang out with us on our bus and, um, you know, before the show. Um, but, I mean, and after we play, we're usually hanging out with everybody at the merch table and, so, yeah, we really don't – I mean, sometimes, like, if we have, like, crew with us that are, you know, just, like, helping load equipment or merch, if things get kind of weird, they're they're pretty usually on top of it to kind of help me out, you know. But otherwise, I mean, everyone's, everyone's usually been really cool. And uh, one other thing I, I, I would like you to do here real quick uh... – uh, and then we'll uh, wrap this up. I'll let you tell us how well uh, we can, uh, how they, our fans will follow you. But you do have a puppy, don't you? I have two dogs. Yes, um, I have an Italian Mastiff and an English Mastiff. They're they are my babies. Yep. They're both <laughs> giant, right? Yes, they're both really big. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, that's the hardest part yeah. about touring. I like it breaks my heart like leaving them, but. I'm really fortunate. My my parents take care of them while I'm gone. I call them like three times a day to make sure they're all right. I video chat with them constantly. <laughs> well, do you ever think of hiring them as your security? Because you're one big black dog. I'll tell you what. I think he could really he could really mess some stuff up. I know. And the funny thing is, it's the other one who's really actually kind of vicious, and he's the sweet one. Um, I mean, he, they're both very protective. Don't get me wrong, but like. The black one, he's like the snuggler, and the other one is like he's in work mode constantly. He doesn't want to cuddle. Like he'll growl at you if you touch him. He just like wants to like sit there and protect. That's all he wants to do. So, um, yeah, they're <laughs> they're kind sounds, of yin and yang, like great, but I mean it works. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a great dog to me. Well, I'll tell you what. We're no, really, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. If our uh, fans want to check you out. Uh, and follow you. You got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got an Instagram, you got a GoFundMe, you got a Facebook. What do you got? We got Facebook, um, just under Gamerly Apocalypse. Um, 
We have an Instagram, which I believe it's Gabriel Apocalypse Official. I think so. Um, we have a Twitter. I believe it's Gataban, but we usually do most of everything on our Instagram and Facebook. Um, we have our YouTube um, that we're always, you know, posting our, our current music videos on and our website, GamerlyApocalypse.com, and you can go on there for news updates. Um, we have our merch store on there, and um, I, I personally ship out all the orders and write little notes. I make a lot of the merchandise, and... Um, so uh, check it out and uh, yeah, get our new record, Alpha Bionic. And uh, she'll be sending us a few goodies. So uh, if you're listening to this number, you, got it. Uh, you might be a le- you might be a lucky winner, uh, unless the icon decides that he loves it too much and decides to keep it himself. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, Lindy, you have been awesome, and uh, uh, I will stay in touch with you because the uh, uh, I I I am going to do that for you. Uh, for letting me okay. use your songs on my uh, my documentary, I will come and be your slave for 48 hours. Whatever you want to do to me, it's fine. Uh, All right. I'm sure my All right. Co-host, it's going to be I'm interesting sure to see if you can hang with us, man. We're pretty crazy. We're pretty out there. Well, well, the, uh, you can ask my <laughs> co-host. The icon is pretty nuts, too, especially when he's dressed okay. in all Okay, black. good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lydia. Have a good night. We appreciate your offer. Thank you. You, too. Take care. Keep in touch. Lady Gabriel, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, awesome. So real quick here, so I can, uh, be listening next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, Monique Dupree, Maddie Ressler, and we're also going to have uh, Susan Chemisky. Uh, she wrote a book about the Beatles, and she's going to be telling us all about the Beatles and their staying power, the Beatles. So be listening next week <coughs> to hear all about the Beatles. Well, <coughs> uh, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, Icon, um, Granny had to cut off because she's getting back home now, and she had to get inside and all that. But uh, so Granny's off the line with us. But uh, I just wanted to say, you know, again, another big show, fun interview, uh, great friends made. Uh, as we just continue to rack up the names and rack up the 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 friends, really, just rack up the and friends it is, of the show. It is and Veterans Day next week, so I will be a little late next week. But uh, it is I will what it be is, on the man. show, but a little late. It is what it is. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to say... You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Jawan? And bring and on we, the Minnesota Vikings. When we beat you Sunday night, I'll be calling you and telling you about it. Yeah, uh, well, I look forward to it. Uh, a little competitive rivalry never hurt anybody. We will see you guys next Monday on the number one wrestling show on the internet, Attitude Out Live. <laughs> Dead man walking. You got it.